What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, May 8th. 2014. You guys are listening to episode 158, uh, doing this on Thursday instead of Monday because of the surgery, uh, which I had mentioned to you guys. I was going to do it earlier on on Sunday, and I uh, just had to get rested up for this surgery that I had, and uh, so here I am. So a little late, but we'll get back to regular schedule next uh, next week. I'll do a Monday night or a Tuesday, and we'll get it back on track. But uh, Glad to be back here uh, behind the microphone, and uh, tomorrow I'll be uh, behind the microphone on stage performing for the first time since the surgery, but um, anyway, it's good to be uh, around. I was going to try to do the podcast um, while I was medicated on Percocets, and uh, it would have been really good and entertaining for you guys, but uh, would have been really kind of just fucked up and been really weird. Because uh, they've given me a bunch of Percocets and uh, I've been flying with those things the past few days. Today I have not had any of them because they're addictive. But I do have half a bottle so if anyone's buying, message me and we could work something out. (laughs) Uh, But no, I had the hernia surgery on Monday. And it was pretty weird because it was, uh, I believe, my third surgery in my life. And it was, um, the scheduling had to had to happen the way that it did because um, with tours coming up, I got tours coming up uh, in June and July, and at the end of May, I'm going out to Cleveland for the all-in tour with uh, Joe Bartnick, Jason Lawhead. That's going to be awesome. But uh, this was just the only time for me to really get this procedure done, and it was a hernia that was bothering, not not, not so much bothering me, but just something that's been put off. My doctor was talking to me about it, and it was something that we wanted to get done. So um, my wife was in Vegas for work. So she wasn't around, and, um, you know, so I had to get help, and somebody picked me up, but it was weird because, like, during, like, the pre-op and, like, getting the anesthesia and the whole thing, I was, like, alone, and I know that kind of sounds weird and sad and lonely, but for some cool, it was, like, cool because, and my wife is upset about it. My wife is mad that I scheduled the thing. She's like, why would you schedule it without me being able to be there? And she was annoyed with me because out of love, you know, she wanted to be there for me, but I, like I said, just timing-wise, I had to get it done. And it was almost kind of cool to just kind of be sitting there and just like talk to the doctors on your own, sign your own fucking papers or whatever. And, uh, you know, I I don't know. It was just, it was, it was nuts. But uh, I had uh, an umbilical hernia. So for anybody that doesn't know what an umbilical hernia is, it's basically the same thing as a hernia down near your groin or whatever. But um, it's just, um, I guess it means like 10% of people means that their umbilical cord from birth didn't fully heal or like seal up from birth and then the wall gets weak and then you know whatever something starts to protrude out of there they cut it out whatever anyway that's what they did they cut out the hernia they patched me up set me all set me all up and I'm I'm in good shape now and uh, I'm feeling better but uh, shout out to my mom my mother Christine who uh, came in oh, hold on a second uh, it was my sister there real quick um Anyway, yeah, so anyway, shout out to my mom. My mom uh, held it down for me, man. My mom came to the house, and she was helping out with the kids when I was laid off. She was cooking, cleaning, going way above and beyond anything that she had to do. But thank God she did it. Um, But it was great, you know, having mom be there. And, uh, you know, what was funny is my mom has four kids. You know, my, my two brothers and my sister. 
and myself, of course. And uh, you know, it's probably it's been a long time since she's, you know, really pr- kind of had to deal with babies, really. You know, because we we go there, we visit maybe a day or two. But hilarious how like my daughter, because my daughter's running the house right now. My two year old is running the household right now. She's just so full of like just energy and life and like I, you know my son is too but my son just looks back at her and we all kind of just like oh my god like she has to wear a dress right when she wakes up like she's definitely like a diva and just watching her put my mom through the ringer was was funny as hell just to see like my mom just like because like as loving as it was you know for her as a grandmother to be with her grandchildren like I, I there were definitely times where I saw my mom or my mom wanted to just be like what the fuck Oh, shut the fuck, please. And, you know, and she didn't, but I, it was just, it was like, funny. I could, like, actually hear that from afar. I knew that that's what she was thinking, but it was awesome. And my mom, dude, my mom did, like, all kinds of shit in the house, like, laundry. Like, just went above and beyond so that, like, not only did I not have to think about it, but when my wife got back from Vegas, um, which she did, you know, it was just, like, you know, the house is so ridiculous. So it was, it was cool, man. And, uh. Oh, that's great. As I try to take a sip of my water, I spill it all over the fucking place. Maybe I did take a Percocet. Jesus, who fucking just misses their mouth? Like, I literally just pulled, like, a fucking striker in Airplane. Remember, what was that guy's name? Robert Hayes, the guy who played striker? Or he had a drinking problem, but it was that he just missed his mouth and he just went... I literally just fucking, like an idiot, just went to pour it and it just... Flew. It, it didn't even hit my chin, it was so bad. It just like flew onto my chest and on the, on the desk. But um, yeah, so it was so cool to spend time with the family, you know, just relax and watch movies and get better. And, um, you know, be away from comedy, be away from my career for a while. Although I was over at the stand the other night and uh, I had a great time out there and there was a bunch of, um, bunch of just... Oh, celebrities just always pop into the stand. Like, it's just hilarious. Like, you'll be on stage, you just, uh, oh, so-and-so's here. Like, Josh Brolin was in there the other night, and Zac Efron, and the dude from Superbad who played McLovin was in there, and I think, like, I said Dave Franco was in there, and, like, everybody just, like, everyone's just been popping in there, so um, that was really cool to be um, at the stand for awesome, awesome shows this past uh, weekend, and then again, then I had the surgery, and I've kind of been out of commission for a while, so... Um, I will be back tomorrow night at the stand hosting a showcase for a big festival coming up. So I'm excited to do that. And uh, that's the show, guys. Thank you so much. Imagine if I just fucking ended it after six minutes. You guys be like, nah, this is bullshit, man. Fuck that. I mean, listen, I know you had a surgery, but I can't. I can't. That's, that's horse shit, okay? I mean, I invested time in this. Uh, oh, by the way, I have to say uh, something that uh, son of a bitch. I wanted to shout some people out, and my phone died, but I'm going to be able to do it. Don't worry, because i got a backup plan, of course. But um, So I did see some movies while I was sick. I'll talk about that. Um, oh, one thing I did, which I know a lot of the young dads out there have done this before, but I went to my son's first t-ball game, and it didn't get rained out this time, and... Um, so proud and so amazing to go to your son's fucking t-ball game. Like, it was, honestly, it was one of the most enjoyable, fun, funny, like, 
proud moments you can have as a, you know, just watching my son listen to the coach. And I'm like such a judgmental dick. Like when I first got there, like, like five minutes in, I'm judging the coach. I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, this fucking guy stinks. And she just looks at me. She goes, what are you talking about? Like, the fuck? This guy's not paying attention to my kid. It was, like, it was literally five minutes. And then the rest of the day, the guy is like, just with my son and I hear him talking to my son okay Lucas I need you to do this and he was great to my kid and I leaned over to my wife and I go no no I jumped the gun on that one jumped the gun this guy's good this guy (laughs) this guy knows what he's doing but just like I just was I think I was as you know anxious about it you know you're watching your son play and you know I'm watching my son swing and you know hit the ball and practice and then when we finally got up to play the team because what the way the t-ball works is you basically um, you basically with t-ball is like you practice for a little while and then after you practice for like 45 minutes then you and the team that you're scheduled to play kind of get together set up the bases you know everybody gets a chance at bat there you know and then and that's how it works like there's no, there's no real scores like everybody gets up all the kids are in the field it's kind of like controlled little chaos and stuff but, um, you know, my son gets up there, uh, the first thing he gets up, and first, which I loved, <laughs> you know, because the big thing in T-ball is that it becomes a mess, and it becomes chaotic, and then they, they don't know which base to run, and they hit, and then they run straight to the pitcher's mound. So I was telling my son, I was like, look, go to first base, and I, you know, teaching him, where's first, where's second, where's third, you know, and he's telling me all of the bases, and he knows them real well, and I'm like, good, that's good, you know it, so, you know, go to that. So my son gets up and I'm kind of nervous and the coach is standing there with him and I'm just watching him like a proud, nervous dad. And I'm just like, just have fun. doesn't matter what you do. And, um, and it also put, put ease because there are definitely kids that like really like, you know, just don't care, swing and miss, like don't take it seriously. So it wasn't like, you know, people are like counting on him. You know, this is not like a, you know, like a regional game where you got runners on second and 30. I mean, nobody, you know, basically nobody gives a fuck. But, but, you know, as a parent, you do. You want, you want your kid to, like, like it and enjoy it. So I was so, so my son, first swing, hits it up the middle, gets a single, and he just starts running to first. And I look at him, and, like, halfway to first, he still didn't put the bat down. And uh, he was like fucking Serrano from uh, – he was like Pedro Serrano from Major League. And a uh, <laughs> nice guy, one of the other fathers goes – one of the other fathers goes, yeah, it's a gladiator. Like, you ain't tagging me out. But then he finally dropped the bat. He got to first. He actually got two hits with uh, two swings, two hits. Only got up twice. And um, it was just so much fun, so awesome. Awesome to, like, watch, like, learn the field. And it's it's just so fucking hilarious to watch these kids play. But it was a thrill, and it was awesome. And it was something that, like, I hope every dad can has, has gone through that. Or can see that because it was absolutely hilarious um, and then we had my little girl's birthday party my little girl's birthday party was on Saturday she just turned two and that was a lot of fun except for all the fucking shit that you have to do right before a party and and I mean I'm, I'm ladies I'm not trying to be a dick and, and I know at the end of the day what a woman puts together is great no matter how fucking annoying chaotic all the things that they ask you to do all the things that they need done I mean my wife, she just went above and beyond. I mean, they had like this whole fucking like a cupcake display with like purple cupcakes and fake jewelry on the cupcakes up into this big pyramid. There was, you know, barrels of fucking 
jelly beans. There, I mean, you, you would have thought. I swear to God, like I'm not even kidding around. Like you would have thought my daughter was royalty. I mean, I love my little girl to death. I mean, maybe she is because of all the dresses she's trying to wear. But I, I swear to God, this was like. I mean, you would have thought a 16-year-old girl was getting. It was a two-year-old. And my wife, can you do this? Can you get this? And, you know, you're cursing while you're doing it. What the fuck do we need this for? What do you need this for? And, you know, they just get excited and stuff. And it's annoying. But at the end of the day, it was great and so worth it. And then you see it and you're like, oh, my God, this came together great. And then you feel like a guilty asshole for saying anything when you see how beautiful everything turns out to be. And uh, we had a lot of people there that I didn't mind, you know. Because sometimes you have those parties and there's people there you don't even want there. You're like, what the fuck is this person doing here? You know? Because let's be honest, that happens a lot. Grandparents or like aunts and uncles. Do you mind if Suzanne, because she's right around the corner. And you got to fucking put a fake smile for some chick you want to fucking throw a piece of sandwich at. You're like, what is she doing in my backyard? I don't know this chick. But there was none of that. You know, there was none of there was none of that weird shit. Everybody was, you know, the, I liked them. I liked having them around. It was cool. So, um, what can I say? I mean, it was a great day. Rain held out to the very end by everybody, you know, by that time everybody was gone. But I did something, and I hope my wife doesn't hear this, but I did something that night, which was not cool. But, you know, I don't know, maybe my appetite was bigger than, well, here's what happened. So everybody leaves the party around, I would say, um, what time, I don't know, people left the party around 5, 36 o'clock, started at like noon. By the time, like, everybody was gone, and it was just a few of us or whatever, it was, you know, it was probably like 7, so I'm tired, my older brother's staying here, everybody starts to pass out around 10, 30, 11, I'm up, and now it's a big sports day, okay, there's playoffs on, there's, um, yeah, there's playoffs, and playoffs, there's playoffs on, there's the Mayweather fights coming on, there's, um, what else, there was something else, oh, the Kentucky Derby had just happened, oh, this is a huge day of sports, so I had a couple drinks in me, you know, I was getting, not crazy, but my little girl's birthday, I'm going to throw, throw a couple down the chute, no, why not? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, we got to order the Mayweather fight. I got to order the Mayweather fight, see what happens. So I order the Mayweather fight for like $64. Ah, whatever, I'm feeling good. I don't care about the money. Have a good time, watch the fight. My brother's like, yeah. Sitting on the couch, getting ready for it to happen. Just fucking ended up closing my eyes and woke up at 3.30 in the morning and everything was over. So I'm like trying to find out. Like uh, It was just a mess. So um, that's going to be a really huge fight in my house. Not because of the money, but when my wife finds out that I'm ordering pay-per-view events and then I'm falling asleep and passing out for them and not watching them... She'll be annoyed, and then I'm going to say something stupid. Instead of saying, you know what, sweetie, you're right. I was wrong. I'm going to say, no, fuck that. You know? Shit happens. What the fuck? And then it's going to be a big thing. Instead of me just saying, yeah, I know, I'm an idiot. I should have done that. So, anyway, i got a bunch of people tweeting here because of the NFL draft. But I wanted to say to uh, William Clark, I believe. Yes, William Clark wrote me, and uh, his Twitter feed is... Um, at Run Bike Live Army, and all those words with the first letter capital. So capital R B L A. At Run Bike Live 
Army. William Clark said, I am currently, at Paul Verzi, I am currently de- deployed in Afghanistan with the U.S. Army. Keep the great podcasts coming. They give me something to look forward to. Well, you know what, William? That in itself is why I do it. Um, I truly appreciate that. I don't even know what to say. The fact that you're over there fighting for our country and you're doing what you do and you're listening to the Verzi effect and I am making any of that time more uh, pleasurable for you is, uh, is means everything to me. So I don't even know what to say. That, that's incredibly, um, that's just fucking awesome. So I hope you and um, whoever you're out there with obviously stay, stay safe and, um, you know, get back home soon. But the fact that you're in Afghanistan and you're listening to my podcast is uh, why I do this. So, again, thank you so much. And uh, continue to to enjoy. So, shout out to you, William Clark. I really appreciate that. And um, that's it. I just wanted to definitely say that. Anybody, and I've always said this, man. Anybody who fights for this country, the real, the real heroes and superheroes. We got all these stupid fucking movies about assholes getting mad and turning green and fucking spider webs. Get the fuck out of here. You know, some skinny geek is gonna be flying all over New York City with his spider web coming out of his wrist. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Peter Parker's a pussy. Spider Man sucks. It sucks. Yeah, Batman's an asshole. It's just, it's bullshit, man. The real superheroes are parents, okay, parents of multiple children, or even just parents, because you have to be a fucking, those are the real heroes and soldiers, I've always said that, okay, just with everything that you have to go through, but nobody understands, I saw something today, somebody was like, yeah, you know, Memorial Day, all these people barbecuing and everything, and it's like, yeah, the reason why we're barbecuing and doing all that stuff is because there are guys over there, like William, in Afghanistan, who, you know, are the reason for us shoving our fat fucking heads with hot dogs and shit, playing beanbag toss in the backyards, holding a corona in our hand with some flip-flops, where the fucking real men are out there in fucking uniform, just fucking mowing down the enemy if they have to. Like, that is some superhero shit, and um, something I don't know if I'm capable of, just because I'm not a morning person. I, I just don't know. You know, I'll tell you one thing, I would be a fucking epic, unbelievable soldier. Unbelievable soldier. Okay, if if like there were rules that things had to start after the sun went down, you know, like if boot camp was at night, I would crush it. You know, if you got to sleep in like but it was just like a worldwide rule. Okay, a worldwide the sun goes down and then that's when we fight like wars can't start until the sun is completely down. No training can start. You know, I don't want to swim before the sun goes down. Like if I can do that. You mean, you're talking, I win the purple. I mean, you're talking, I'd probably be one of the greatest pl- platoon leaders of all time. I would fucking, but I mean, this waking up at 4.30 in the morning to go run 10 miles, I, I can't do it. I just, I can't. I mean, I I just, it's just too much for me, you know? I mean, some people are built a certain way. I, I, I'm not, I can't, so. Um, but I, I love hearing stuff like that. And I'm also getting a bunch of stuff here. Let's see, people are saying a lot of stuff. The NFL draft is going on while we speak, so I mean, I don't really know. I'm not really too into that. But, uh, so what else do we got going on here? Okay, we will go right now to, um, oh yeah, we'll get to the unacceptable. I'll do the unacceptables, the tweets. Okay, we'll do some unacceptables that people said. Then we'll do my unacceptable. We'll get into sports a little bit. Uh, then we will do some of the movies that I saw. And, uh, we're, we're going here. We're on a roll. So, let's see, a couple of the unacceptables that I like this week. Let me get down here and see who sent me some fun ones here. Um. Oh, this one. This one just 
I mean, this one, I, I, I mean, it, it's unacceptable and it's going to continue to happen. Of course, the fucking power battery's going out because I just got on a roll over here. What the fuck? Hold on. I got to, I swear to God, between cats and plugs and shit. Fuck it. Can this just, can this just have a smooth fucking. All right, here we go. I'm back. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. All right. So this one is from Anthony Silver. Anthony, and his, his uh, Twitter feed is at Anthony W. Silver. When you are in the sticks of New Jersey. Oh, that already gets me going. You know, you know, as soon as you start shitting on Jersey, or you start talking about driving in Jersey, I'm all over the unacceptable. Um, when you are in the sticks of New Jersey and you see a turnpike sign that didn't give, that doesn't give you time or distance um, to the real, yeah, to the real turnpike. Yeah, that, that, listen, that happened, the thing about you, and that is unacceptable. There's nothing worse than when you just see a sign for something, and it happens in Jersey because, you know, what, what the people who made the road signs in Jersey think is, we're not on fucked up Jersey smelling fucking swamp time. We don't know what that means, okay? We don't know, yeah, turnpike. We don't know that means, yeah, just drive down a swamp for five hours and you'll find it, okay? No, because we live in New York where it actually says turnpike two miles, fucking keep right. That's what normal fucking states do. But shitty New Jersey, and then another thing New Jersey does, which is really unacceptable. Oh, you got me going on this one, Anthony. Another one they do in Jersey is right when you come out of the bridge or tunnel, there's 15 signs, 17 numbers, different arrows, different places to go. And it's like, if you get, if you're in the wrong one, if you're not in the right lane, you are fucked for 25 minutes. I happened to me in a blizzard once. I thought I was going down a turnpike. I was going on like 80 West. And I think I'm on the turnpike. It's a snowstorm. And it was one of the only times I ever missed my gig. Absolutely brutal. That's a great unacceptable uh, thinking road signs in Jersey, thinking that you're going to be there and they don't give you time distance and you're, and you're fucked. Uh, that was Anthony Silver. Let's see who else we got. We got a couple of them here. Uh, let's see. Another unacceptable drink. No, there was one, too. There was another one. Where the fuck? Okay. Watching. No, I don't like. There was a couple. Hold on. Bear with me here. This is all new. They serve. Okay. Yeah. So this guy, um, I'm Frank. Frank's happy hour is his Twitter feed. It said Paul Verzi. I saw Ginger. Remember the Moscow Mule. They only serve dark and stormies here. Unacceptable. If they have ginger beer. And they don't sell a Moscow Mule. It's unacceptable. That's a great one, Frank. Yeah, no, Moscow Mules, I hope you guys have tried them since I said it. Um, a lot of people were asking me, basically what it is, is it comes ice cold in a copper mug. And it is ginger beer, vodka, and a twist of lime. And if it's made correctly, it's one of the most refreshing, delicious alcoholic drinks that I've had. I don't know, you know, some people like them, some people don't. But the big problem when I ask, do you guys have Moscow Mules... The big thing is they don't have ginger, so that I can that I can take, um, you know. But if you have ginger beer and you're not making them, unacceptable. That's a great one. Here's another one from uh, Danny C, and it's uh, his Twitter feed is Dan Cosi at Dan Cosi. So uh, he says, Paul took my kids to the movies. This one is just another one that's perfect for me because it seems like you're a magnet for these fucking assholes. 
took my kids to the movies. 15 people in the theater and a family had to plop themselves right behind me. (laughs) I swear to God, that is, I'm not kidding around, that is such a great unacceptable. And for me, somebody that when I do have the free time want to go to the movie theater, all I want to do in a movie theater. Okay, first of all, the movie theater is the size of a, almost the size of a fucking football field, and it's dark, and there's a ton of seats. Why? Why? And, and here's the thing: it doesn't always happen if you sit in the perfect middle seat. You could sit in some off, weird place that you don't think anybody would want to be, just because you want to be alone. And some asshole and their kids have to just migrate there. And I don't know if it's just the mental concept of like the sheep mentality most people have. Well, there's some people. Let's go over there. The, the, the. Come on, kids. I don't know if it's that. But it is so frustrating and so unacceptable. I love that one, Dan. I love that one. Because it's it's just like you almost want to turn to him and go, are you guys serious? But I do this one now where I get up and move. Do that. And even if you look like the asshole, do that. And like, what, you don't want to sit near people? No, I don't. I don't want to sit near people, you or your fucking loud kids chewing on their Twizzlers like they're fucking cows in a field. No, I don't want to be around you, okay? That's why I'm in this empty theater. Don't you realize I pick movies that suck so I don't have to be around you and your popcorn-eating fatties? Great unacceptable. That one is just... Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, I just don't understand why... Like, don't you want to be away from people? That's what I don't understand. Don't you want, like, why do people want to be around other people? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, somebody posted me a picture of the ginger beer here. And let's see if we got another unacceptable for the week. We'll try to get one more in. And uh, and then that will be it. Let's see. Did we, or is that it for the week? I did three of them. Maybe that could be it for the week. Let's see. Uh, Oh, here's one. Here's one. Wait, is that? Let me see. Hold on. I might be... Yeah, this one. Yeah, this one is... This one. Rob Fish. Rob Fish and his um, his Twitter feed is Fish and then R Price. He says, car dealership commercials are a fucking mess on TV. Whatever happened to having a little pride in what you do? So true. Car commercial, car, like car dealership commercials are just so like, it's so fake and such bullshit. And the reason why I'm putting this on as an unacceptable for the week is because it hit home. This is another one. You guys nailed it with me with the car commercials, with the Jersey, uh, the New Jersey drive and the ginger beer, the people in the movie theater. Those are all perfect. And again, keep sending these. But the the car commercials are so fucking hilarious because the dealership just acts like come down to us. And we'll kind of disguise how we're fucking you more than more than Volkswagen is going to disguise how they're fucking you. We're all fucking you. But come down here and I'll give you a cookie and I'll give you something just so funny how they do it. And like, you know, in the local car commercials, it's always like a little louder with like shitty acting. And I mean, not that you think the acting's going to be good, but it's just never it's never that good. And it's just always the same thing where we care about our customer more than anything else. Or I love this one where where customers come first. 
It's like, of course, what am I going to walk in the door and someone's going to throw coffee on me? Be like, yeah, I'll be right with you, you cocksucker. Of course, of course, customer service is going to be first. I love how, I love how common courtesy is now being advertised as like, oh, we're doing this for you. It's like, no, the economy is bad and you're lucky I'm in here buying this gas guzzling piece of shit for fucking $4 a gallon or whatever it costs. Okay. You should be blowing people when they walk in the door of this fucking robbery unbelievable but anyway that's a great unacceptable uh rob so thank you to all the unacceptables for the week and uh i love doing it so i'm gonna do three or four every week on twitter so keep sending them out and uh i love shouting you guys out i hope you guys like it as much as i do and um now it's time for my unacceptable for the week everybody uh my unacceptable for the week is uh, pretty simple we're what are we halfway through here that's good we're halfway through the show and uh, I got my unacceptable for the week. We got some sports. We got some movies. And uh, we'll just move right along. My unacceptable for the week. I, I went in for surgery. I went into the hospital. And, uh, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of the same questions. You know, when were you born? You know, do you, do you have a printed will? Which I kept saying no. Like, but it got to the point where they kept asking me, like, listen. And they kept saying, we, we don't mean to say it, but do you have a printed will? And I'm like, no. And it, it's got to the point where, like, after the fourth person asked me, like, if I had a will, I want to be like, dude, am I going to be all right? Like, what the fuck? Like, what are we, what's going on over here? I mean, the, you know, you guys are cutting my belly button. I understand I'm going under and shit. But, like, I mean, you're not taking a leg off. I mean, what the fuck are we doing over here? You know, do, you, do you have a printed will? Are you, you all right? No one's here with you? Are you sure you want to? <laughs> Do you pro- what kind of body bag you looking at here? If 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 things went south, I just didn't know like why they kept asking me that. When's your birthday? When's this? So I finally go into pre-op and they take my pants off. This was actually a really funny story. Um, pre-op, like you know that robe where your ass is hanging out, you know. So I kind of kept my boxer briefs on, and I'm thinking, what the fuck? Like you don't have to. Like I don't have to have my bare ass showing, like, you know, my boxer briefs, my, the incision was going to be in the middle of my stomach or by my belly button, so I'm figuring that they'll cut it out like that, and my, my boxer briefs will be lower, they could pull them down, and then nobody's got to be weirded out about my, you know, my ass or my package hanging out and everything, so now you got to take that off, so I take, I take it off, they give me these fucking, you know, these <laughs> goofy green socks with grip, like I'm going to be doing sprints down the hallway of this thing. I mean, I just, what am I getting these? Can I wear my socks? Like, do I have to wear, oh, you got to wear hospital socks. You got to take your socks off. So I'm like, whatever, that's fine. So they give me the socks. I'm sitting there and um, I'm waiting in pre-op and she's like, oh, you got a roommate today. So there's a guy across the curtain right there and he's talking to his wife and this sheet that is apparently dividing us, which they think is dividing us. Is not. You can't really make the people out, but like you could see the shadow, you could hear anything. And then the nurse came and like knocked it to the left a little bit because apparently my uh, shoulder hit a button to call the nurse. And the nurse comes and goes, Was it you? Do you? And I'm like, I didn't do it. And she looks over and then she doesn't close it. So I got this guy's head who's also in pre op and he's got like the shower cap on and his head is there. So I just kind of lean over and put it there. Him and his wife are having a full fledged conversation and I'm sitting there trying to be quiet, mind my own business. Unacceptable for the week is these fucking hospital rooms who say that they're dividing two people when they're clearly not. Can we get a better, can we get a little more fucking privacy? I got my ass and balls hanging out of this fucking fake 
pajama skirt you gave me. Okay, I'm sitting there all vulnerable, laying on my back, these fucking freaky green socks that you gave me. Okay, I'm laying there. I got some other asshole sitting there about to go into surgery, talking to his wife loud. I hear everything he's saying about some graduation there. Going, oh, we just got to get to that graduation. It's such a seven-hour drive away. I got to sit and listen to that shit. With this baby sheet, this fucking, I swear to God, I could have spit and it would have broken a hole through this sheet that they were holding up. I'm like, this, there's no privacy here, okay? Can we get a heavy curtain or, or, or can, can you guys invest in some kind of barrier, okay? You got people laying up with their loved ones sitting there, ass hanging out, all vulnerable. And I got to hear conversation. I got to sit there and fucking fake smile or, or look at somebody. I don't want to do it. It's unacceptable, Okay. It's a great hospital, I get that, but like, if I'm staying in there with somebody, and I know it's pre-op, just don't fucking have it that, you know, because listen, the sheet's there for a reason, it's obviously uncomfortable, and people know it's uncomfortable, that's why the sheet's there, can we upgrade the sheet a little bit, can we have a little more privacy in hospital rooms when you're laying there half naked, unacceptable for the week. It's unacceptable. I'm sitting there and I'm going, I could hear this guy. This guy's going to go past me. His wife is sitting there. I got to find out about some graduation this guy's going to. I got nobody here. They're about to cut me open and shit. Okay? I'm wearing these, you know, Christmas green socks on. You know, they're they're taking my shit. They're they're taking all my stuff, putting it in a locker. I'm just sitting there alone and I got to hear this full conversation with, with with nothing between me and this guy. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I got a couple of funny stories, though, for this one because I, uh, so the anesthesiologist finally came in with her assistant and she's talking to me and she's saying stuff like, um, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, I just, I want you to, did you pee? And I go, no, I didn't pee. She goes, I want you to pee first. You got to have an empty bladder. So I go, I pee, but as I'm getting up, you know, the same people that told me I couldn't have an underwear on, like, (laughs) I lean up and like my like like the the bottom of the gown comes up and just like my balls <laughs> my balls just kind of like were like right there and like I saw the anesthesiologist look and I just go ah sorry about that you know and she's like it's okay and then like I'm like holding the back shut so they don't see my ass it's just really awkward you know and it's really no reason you know not having a bath bath uh, bathing suit underwear on is part of this unacceptable but the unacceptable is mainly about the privacy we don't have to listen to fucking strangers talk about shit before both of you guys get cut open like you're just waiting there like some fucking you know what i mean like you're you're in some farm you're in some stable with some you know what i mean just me and this other fucking horse standing there you know waiting to get, <laughs> waiting to get our hooves clean i don't know it was just weird i didn't like it and i want to be alone i think it's unacceptable to to be going into surgery and have to share it with somebody i do especially with not a real divider but, so this lady sees my balls, then this other lady's like, oh, you're not decent right now because your ass is out, and I wanted to say, yeah, of course I'm not decent right now, okay, I'm, I'm half drugged up, and I don't have my underwear on, you know, I swear to God, those nurses, they sh- I swear to God, I would love if there was just this big fucking hard-on epidemic that all these nurses had to deal with, where dudes were just sitting there pitching tents, full-fledged fucking hard-ons, a little of that pre-sperm coming out, just to fucking get the gown a little fucking weird at the, you know, and just be like, yeah, see, let the guy wear his fucking underwear, okay? You put me in a weird situation where I got to worry about my balls falling in some bitch's hands and and and, and my ass flying all over the all over the thing and yet yet you can say oh you're not decent right now of course I'm not decent right now okay because I'm a chubby away from being naked in this place that's why <laughs> I can't laugh that hard because of my surgery but you know 
I remember it all. I, I'll tell you guys. Some of the uh, older listeners may may heard this story, <laughs> but uh, I know that you know the Verzi Effect. By the way, shout out to all the new listeners. The Verzi Effect podcast has gone up uh, big time in numbers uh, recently. So thank you so much for uh, hopping aboard. I hope you enjoy the show. And um, you know, I wish I could have done it sooner in the week. But uh, anyway, so when I was um, it was two thousand and one. And uh, I was in a car accident. No, no, no. Was it? No, I was 22 at the time. I had a problem in my um, car, so it was another day. I had a major stomach surgery where they took out an infection that was like a diverticular. They had to cut out a piece of like my colon or whatever. And um, then they took out my appendix was right next to the infection. So like it was like the appendix came out, but also an infection there. It was really kind of scary and stuff. And I remember my... Um, my hospital roommate for a few days was this old man and he was nice and he knew that I was young and he talked to me right and he would just talk to me like out of nowhere through the curtain and I liked him I think he liked me and I liked him and you know it was just kind of like this cool kind of like neighbor hey man so you doing good over there yeah I'm doing all right hopefully getting out of here like it was one of those things but between a 20 something year old kid which is myself and and probably a you know late 50s or mid 60s guy and he's like, ah, yeah, I can't come out. He goes, you know, one of my balls is, he goes, <laughs> this is 100% true, guys. I'm not making this shit up. He goes, yeah, you know, one of my balls blew up to like the size of a softball. And, you know, we couldn't get it down. So I had to, I had to go. So I'm just going, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, it went down a little bit. But, you know, one of my balls got inflated. It just, I don't know what this guy was saying. And I'm just like, I remember being over my thing. And I couldn't laugh too hard because of my stomach, which is ironic. I'm telling the story now because my belly button's all bandaged up right now. But so he's telling this story about, you know, we would just talk. And then finally he just goes, come here, let me show you this thing. <laughs> right? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're walking over here anyway. I think I was going to the bed. Come here, let me show you this thing. So I go there, dude, right? And I'm just standing there, and I'm like, I just don't know what to think. And this dude just pulls up his gown, and I swear to God, his left testicle, I think it was a left, I don't know, but I'm, let's just go with left. His left testicle, I I shit you not, was almost the size, like, in, in all reality, it was probably the size of, like, maybe a little bigger than a pool ball. So, like, his fucking testicle was, like, just smaller than a baseball. And I remember just looking at it, and, like, he's talking to me with a straight face. And I'm also, like, 22, 23 at the time, so, you know, I was probably a lot more immature, less wise than I am now. And uh, I remember I still held it together to be respectful to him. And then I went back to my thing. And I remember saying, like, I got to tell my mom. I got to tell my friends. I got to tell some. I have never in my life seen a fucking testicle. Well, I mean, I haven't seen many other than mine. You know, but, like, you know, you see shit with porn and you see stuff. And I think everybody could kind of kind of get a good gauge. You could kind of get a good gauge of what the male testicle size average is. You know, it's, it, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm talking non-steroid, non-drug using male, you know, testicle is, you know, normal. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think maybe like a prune, nah, not a prune. Now you guys got me, maybe like a big grape. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a big, like a jumbo green grape is, is what the testicle, you know, should be. Well, this guy's fucking thing. This guy had a grape sitting next to a grapefruit, man. And I'll never forget that shit. And I just saw it. And look, here I am. 
many years later talking about it. I'll never forget this old man just pulling up his thing and, and just showing me his balls. And, you know, it all goes back to the unacceptable. Privacy, okay, can we wear underwears? Just the whole privacy part, you know. It's like, you want to know if I have a will, my birth date, who's going to be around, if shit goes bad. You want to have all of these things, yet you, you don't, you know, I can't, like, the person can't be like, listen, unless I'm getting a fucking vasectomy or a little, which I'm never getting, by the way. Fuck that. You think you're going to flick my balls for 45 minutes? Fuck that. It's not going to happen. But anyway, um, you would just think. That like somebody, like, so if I have shoulder surgery, I can't wear a pair of drawers under my gown? Like, that's ridiculous. You know, and it's like, shit, if you need to get down there for some reason, just cut them off like during surgery. But like, I don't want to just sit there all vulnerable like that, you know? And you got to worry about stuff like that. Like, what happens if somebody like rubs against your leg or rubs like, you you know, some nurse rubs against your dick, you get a chubby and shit, and then you got to be all embarrassed? It's ridiculous. You know? But just the unacceptable is just not having that division, not having that fucking seclusion, you know, in a thing where you got to listen to some other people's other people's conversation and stuff. So that's unacceptable for the week. That was my hospital experience. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I hope you weren't eating anything round-like or round shape. There's probably a guy we fucking eating steamed dumplings right now and just, just listening to this as he bit half of his steamed dumpling and he just fucking spit it out and was like, yeah, I can't listen to 158 anymore. He's talking about testicles growing. Um, okay, everybody, sports. I will say this right now that that Damian Lillard shot by the Portland Trailblazers to end the Rockets was unbelievable. That was the night we were over at the stand. And uh, this is a definitely a dude I called it moment because I was standing there with my manager, David Kimowitz, and we were watching the game, and uh, the Rockets scored with 0.9 seconds on the clock. And I leaned over to him, and he goes, oh, it's almost impossible to get a shot off. And I go, no. I go, dude, Damian Lillard could hit a three right now. And a bunch of people heard it, and then it happened, and they were all going, who called that? Who called that? And I definitely called that. And David Kimowitz will come on the show and prove that I called that. And... Um, I, you know, it was just like, I, I didn't think he was going to be that open to do it, but I just knew that that's who you get the ball to, and then he did it. That was an incredible first round. Um, might be one of the best first rounds in NBA that you'll ever see. I mean, just whether you like the NBA or not, games going, but five game sevens, just so awesome to watch. And, um, you know, the big players stepping up. Uh, I like to see that Brooklyn's losing to the Heat, although I don't like the Heat either. So, I, I mean, that's, you know, I can't win either way there. But at the end of the day, gun to my head, if Brooklyn could knock out the Heat, that would be pretty cool. Not going to happen, though. The Heat are going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I don't know, maybe against the Wizards. Who knows what happened? Who knows what's happening with that? But, um, and uh, who else is in this thing? Uh, yeah, I don't think the uh, well, the Hawks are out of it. The Wizards are, yeah, the Wizards or who else? The uh, Pacers, yeah. I mean, I don't think I think the Heat are definitely going to go. Maybe against the Pacers, maybe against the Wizards. But if the Pacers, Pacers got to really step it up. They're still in it. I called them. Who knows? And the West is going to be um, probably the Spurs and Oklahoma City. Just fun to watch, man. Watch these guys really step it up. And another reason why it, you know, it sucks 
that, um, you know, the season is so long and these guys uh, you know, have to step it up. Because like I said, you know, they don't play that hard at the end of the year. So too many teams make it. Game season's too long. It's just all for money and it's horseshit. Uh, right now, the NFL draft is going on, and the Giants just got that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. wide receiver from uh, LSU, which will replace Hakeem Nix, who left. So that'll help. Johnny Manziel, I don't think, has gone anywhere just yet. Uh, I will give you guys... Well, actually, you'll you'll know by tomorrow anyway. I was going to say I'll give you guys an update, but uh, you guys will probably know. Um, now, let's go to movies, everybody. Movies, now I want to see... While I'm doing this here, I'm going to see what happened with Manziel. Did he get picked yet? No, the Giants got that dude. The Rams, this guy, that guy. Cowboys got... Nope. Johnny Manziel or Teddy Bridgewater have not been picked yet. So uh, it sucks for them. They're doing that Aaron Rodgers sitting in the green room. It's just such bullshit, though. Like, the camera's just on your face while you're sitting there with your mother, and it's taking forever. It's like, get the fuck out of here, man. How do you feel? How'd you feel when you dropped? I kind of felt shitty that everybody passed me up. How would you feel? Oh, wait, you wouldn't feel anything because you're a nerd who reports it. Get that microphone out of my face before I fucking shove shove it up your ass, fucking dork. I swear to God, somebody should just say to Susie Colbert, Hey, Susie, listen, I appreciate you, you know, trying to hang out with the boys and shit, do your ESPN thing. Listen, you're a fucking nerd, and you've never played football, so stop smiling and acting like you know shit that happens, okay? Because if you even got pushed down, you'd break your fucking both collarbones, okay? And now you're fucking asking some 325-pound, six-foot-six animal how he feels that his draft stock dropped. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You know, it's just Mortensen and fucking Adam Schefter. It's like, give me, are you kidding me? These these nerds have the fucking audacity to to ask a question to to these legendary these or potential legendary athletes that are even in the draft. How did you feel when your mother? Uh, how did you feel when your mother said uh, we hope he goes fourteen, but then you drop down to twenty five? I mean, did you? How did you feel with your mother sitting right there? I'd be like, what the? How do you think I felt? It sucked. I wanted to go and celebrate. Go eat some sushi and drink some sake. That's what I wanted to do after I got picked number 14. But now I'm here all night answering questions from a twerp like you. I swear to God, people have no tact. It's just all about the show. How'd you feel when uh, John Gruden said you couldn't tackle right? (laughs) Like, what's the guy supposed to say? Well, you know, Coach Gruden had a good point. I'd be like, no, Coach Gruden doesn't know. By the way, John Gruden is wrong so much that it's comical, and he stinks at what he does. He says, "Man, I'd go get there. I'd go get a. I like. I'd go get a quarterback. I'd go get a quarterback." And then the guy gets a defensive end. I he's a good player, but I just it's like John. You don't know shit. Okay, stop squinting your face and shut your mouth. But I'm here watching the draft. All right, let's get into movies right now. I don't know where we are on time here. Doesn't matter. It's my show. How about that? Here are the movies that I saw this week while I was laid up sick or in pain on Percocets. I saw Hunger Games 2 in its entirety. I saw Out of the Furnace in its entirety. And I saw Free Birds with my uh, son. 
That was the movie where the bur- turkeys go back in time the first Thanksgiving to try to get uh, turkey off the menu, off the, you know, the Thanksgiving meal menu. And, like, they try to get, bring pizza, make make Thanksgiving about pizza instead of turkey. So, um, which was all right. But I will say this about all three movies that I just mentioned. None of them really did it for me. Um, I saw Hunger Games the first 20 minutes on an airplane. I loved it. And then when I saw it in its entirety, I just didn't like it that much. I didn't like how they, like, made a dome. I didn't like how they can create the rain and they can create all the things that happened. I didn't like the twist where they were all in it to kind of save her and make her not die. I, I just didn't like it. I thought that it was really far-fetched and unrealistic, uh, just untrue to the first one. I just didn't like it. I thought it was, I mean, whatever. It was okay, but it wasn't great. It was. It wasn't. It didn't, didn't blow me away. Uh, out of the Furnace... First of all, I tried watching it with my brother. He fell asleep the first 20 minutes because the movie took fucking 35 minutes to get going. And, um, you know, great acting. That's the one thing that kept me in was the acting was good. But the movie wasn't great at all. You know, Woody Harrelson played a great, just mean son of a bitch. Christian Bale and Casey Affleck were good at what they did, playing brothers. I thought that uh, Forrest Whitaker playing the sheriff or the cop or whatever, I thought his his role was was kind of forced. And you know, it was just, you know, I don't know. It was the ending was okay. It made me think a little bit, but just wasn't great. It wasn't. It didn't blow me away. And I gotta say, still to this day, I mean, in the kids' movie was the kids' movie. That's fine. I mean, I'm not really gonna. It's about fucking turkeys that go in, in a time machine. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? But. As far as the uh, Out of the Furnace and Hunger Games, I was like, ah, all right, it entertained me for a while while I'm sitting here on Percocets, but didn't love it. I got to say, man, to this, to this, the best movie I've seen right now in a long time is um, Lone Survivor, that Peter Berg film about the Navy SEALs that went into Afghanistan in 2005 to go kill that uh, terrorist leader. That movie was ridiculous. And again, it just goes back to what these soldiers do. It's kind of, uh, you know, amazing to to see. And it's what I was talking about, man. Like, I swear to God, like, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but the level of just tough and selflessness. I mean, do yourself a favor. Lone Survivor. Watch Lone Survivor or by yourself, or with somebody that doesn't get up to eat chips every two minutes, like, just sit and watch the movie, because it's, historically, it's accurate, and it's amazing, and, uh, I mean, I couldn't, just sit there and watch it, kind of in the dark, or with surround sound, and just really watch it, and, like, take in, because, like, they did it the way it was, just take in what those soldiers did and went through, and it's like, I don't give a fuck, like, I walked out, I saw with my buddy Stavros, that uh, younger comedian from the Baltimore area who was on my show once before, and he uh, hosted when I was out in uh, Baltimore um, with Matt Reese, and then I met up with him when I was out there on my own, and um, we went to a couple of movies together, and, um, you know, we were blown away. We walked out of the theater blown away from the movie. And if you go back into the Verzi Effect archives, there was some old school or older um, 
you know, movie reviews that I've done on the show, Lone Survivor, but it still just sticks. I liked Lone Survivor, and I was more into that than I was Wolf of Wall Street, than I was any of these other movies, any of these Academy Award winning movies. It was just amazing. And I'm not a big war movie guy. I'm not. I'm not somebody that is like, you know, I'm not. But this was just different, man. This was like fucking nuts. Seriously, I feel bad for anybody that, anybody that like likes movies or anybody that like, you know, is really into like good movies and and, and stuff like that and hasn't seen it. I'm almost excited for you because you're like, you get to see it for the first time, but you just got to watch it in the right mindset and it's just incredible. And people that just are like, oh, I don't want to see it because of war. It's stupid. You're stupid, man. You're missing out. Like, I feel bad for you if you don't, if you like movies and you don't see this movie. But like the thing about Out of the Furnace is like I don't think that that's like that's not a far stretch to write that movie. It's not. Think about it. All right, we're gonna get Christian Bale. His younger brother's gonna be Casey Affleck. His younger brother's gonna be an ex-soldier who can't make money, so he fights in an underground fighting circle. He gets in with the wrong guys and money. They kill him. Christian Bale's gonna get a revenge on him. The movie's gonna end. All right. It's like. That's, I mean, there was no twist. There was no, like, it was just, it, it was what it was. Woody Harrelson played a fucking piece of shit guy that you wanted to see get killed by Christian Bale, and, and you saw it. And not even in a good way. And then they showed that they tried to do this, like, symmetry. They, they, tried to, they tried to do this thing where they show Christian Bale with a deer right in front of him, and he could shoot the deer. And the deer looks at him. Him and his uncle are hunting. And the deer looks at him. And I was thinking about this part. And the deer looks at him and they have this moment. And he's about to pull the trigger. And then he sees the, the deer looking in his eyes. And he looks at, and then he just puts the gun down and he lets the deer go. And then he goes over to his uncle. And his uncle's got a deer. And his uncle says, did you see anything? And he's like, not a damn thing. You know. And that was the voice he used. Not a damn thing. And uh, then later, Woody Harrelson, the guy who kills his brother, who's played by Casey Affleck, is running away from Christian Bale. And Christian Bale has the same hunting rifle. And he's pointing it at him. And then guess what? He does take the shot. And it's like, is that your big fucking... Of course, of course you're going to shoot the guy that killed... You know, of course you're going to shoot the guy that killed your brother over an innocent deer. Like, I, I don't know what they were trying to say. Like, were they trying to say, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe I need to see it when I'm not on Percocets. I don't know. But it's like, okay, I get it. This guy had a conscience with the deer, and now he's just waiting. And then, like, right at the last second, Forrest Whitaker shows up. Like, don't do it, Russell. Don't do it. And he's fucking got the gun pointed at him, and guess what? He does it, and he shoots him, and then the fucking movie kind of ends. And I think they implied that they didn't turn him in, that uh, Forrest Whitaker didn't turn him in because he loved his brother so much, and he shot a piece of shit, drug-dealing, fucking bad guy, murderer guy, so they didn't care. So I guess, like, that's... But I, I still didn't do Entertaining, yes. You want to watch it? You know, but it's not going to blow you away. I want to be blown away. 
And I'm getting tired of these superhero movies. I really am getting tired of it. I'm getting fucking tired of it. I'm getting tired of watching a grown man with a fucking cape or a shield jumping around. Fucking, It's just, it's ridiculous. You need to grow up. Just we're, we're just turning into a bunch of fucking fantasy fucking, just, I don't know. The word that comes to mind is faggot. But, you know, now if I say that on the show... And that's the thing, I don't even say that word maliciously towards gay people. It was just a word I grew up with. Like, a, the word you grew up with when somebody was being, like, a baby or, or a pussy is you'd be like, oh, you're a little faggot. And now, you got to worry about saying that because if you say that, people actually think you hate gay people. <laughs> but we're, we've turned into a bunch of pussies who have to fucking eat popcorn. Because everybody's afraid. You want to know why? Because everyone's afraid to punch somebody in the face. So they have to go watch somebody else do it. That's what it is. All All these fucking superhero movies are is a nerd envying what they wish they could do. That's what it is. Because nobody's got the balls to be mistreated and then fucking stick up for themselves. That's exactly what it is. I was thinking about something the other day, and going back in time, I'm, I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm going to do it if the opportunity ever presents itself again. And there have been times where I've said things where I've snapped, and there have been times where when somebody needed to be, get knocked out, you know, I swung and knocked them out. You know, um, and I'm not a big fighter, and I don't try to claim to be tough or anything like that. But I was at a bar with my uh, wife. She was my um, girlfriend at the time, or fiance at the time. And we were at a bar. And I tried to get a drink, and these two guys were just standing there talking. I was like, hey, man, you guys move, mind if we move over and we could just sneak in and get a drink here? And a guy just, like, pointed to this area of the bar behind him that, like, had a little space but not enough for both of us. And I went in, and I just remember looking at my wife, and I go, I want to just take this guy and shove him. Now, the guy did it so fucking rudely. And what I should have did was I should have... Now, in a movie, a badass would do what? A badass would say, listen, I asked you nicely, but, you know, please, can you move? And the guy would say no or say something stupid, and a badass would grab him by the throat. And that's exactly what he should have done. What I should have done in the situation, and it would have totally scared the guy that he was talking to, but I should have grabbed him by his jacket and literally just thrown those two and then just started to order my drink. And when they came at, back at me, beat the shit out of him. Now, um, I didn't do that because I didn't want my future wife to think that I was an absolute fucking lunatic. And uh, that I was, my fuse was that short. And also I didn't feel like getting arrested and dealing with all that stuff. But like that's what should have been done. And that's what the movies show. And there have been times where I was in a good position where I did fucking get into it with somebody. And there there were things that that I've done, you know, where it was just uh, what you feel should be done gets done. And there are times you don't. And you look back. Like this one obviously that I'm talking about at the bar. I should have done something about it. Because the way the guy did it. He wasn't just like oh there's a spot over there. He was a rude asshole about it. And I'm not doing the justice on how much of a dick he was. But because um, I'm upset that I didn't do anything about it. But that's what this superhero movie is. It's. The little fucking geek or the nerd or the person who didn't have the balls to stand up for themselves so they walked home with their fucking head down and now they have something to root for. And it's actually sad. It's a problem. Because people are afraid to grab somebody by the fucking throat and smack them in the face and tell them what the right thing to do is. That's really what it is. And I'm not even joking or trying to be funny right now. And granted, some of them are good movies. (laughs) You know, some of them are good movies. Like The Avengers was pretty cool. But this whole like... This this whole, like, I mean, look who, like, like that whole Comic-Con, you know, I guarantee you, if you go to Comic-Con, okay, 
and you took a poll of like when people lost their virginity, I mean the age is gonna be the age is gonna be over fucking twenty five on on more than fifty percent, unless they were like fucking the chick that dressed like Princess Leia. Like unless, but other than that, like these dudes that like live for fucking Yoda and shit, like like, it's just not. It's just not conducive to reproduction. It's not. It's it's you know. Like oh, did you see Spider Man? I mean, listen, I'm not trying to shit on people that like. I, don't get me wrong, I've gone to a lot of them, but like, some of them just suck. The best superhero movie that I've seen in a long time was Dark Knight. After that, I mean, Man of Steel stunk. Don't get me even on Man of Steel because I'll be here another fucking hour. Man of Steel sucked. That Spider-Man, it was okay visually. That last Spider-Man, I didn't see the one that's in the theater now, but the Amazing Spider-Man visually, it was okay. We got a lizard living in the sewer. I mean, you kidding me? And some fucking big lizard man running around. It's just, you know, now that now Jamie Foxx's head is glowing and he's shooting lightning and shit. Like, what? Come on, man. Paying twelve fifty for this shit. I want to see, I want to see, like, and even the Hulk. The Hulk just turns so, like, ridiculously huge and big. The Hulk was awesome in the Avengers, like, when they were a team. That was awesome. But, you know, it's just getting too much now. And then, and then you know, now they're, they're doing another Superman. Everyone's going to go, and hopefully that one's going to be better than this one. And there's going to be, you know... Ben Affleck as Batman, and it's just, they're just exploiting, it's just a bunch of fucking weak, I think it's a bunch of fucking weak dudes, man, it's just a bunch of weak dudes going to see some fucking awesome dude, that's what it is, it's like, why don't you be the awesome dude, I'm telling you, man, superheroes in my mind are soldiers, soldiers of this country, that's, that's who the fuck, I'd way, I'd much rather watch a story about that shit, watch a story about some guy, than some fucking asshole, you know, Crying about some reporter that doesn't love him when he's fucking fighting crime. Fuck out of here. I'm actually rooting against Super Spider-Man in this one. I'm rooting against him. I swear to God, I'm just rooting against the superheroes. Now, Superman was the only one I wanted, and if this next one sucks, I'm rooting against him too. You know? I want. Why can't they make a superhero movie where the fucking bad guy wins? And they leave that asshole dressed in fucking red and blue just floating in the ocean. Sharks eat him, and it's over. That Why can't that happen? Because there's going to be an outrage amongst nerds. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. All right, so that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's my. That's my. Once I start ranting about shit like that towards the end, then that's when you know it's over. Um, plugs this week. What do I got coming up? I'm going to be local. Check uh, paulverzi.com. I'm going to be local. I'm going to be at the stand. I am going to be at Stand Up New York. And then, guys, people are buying tickets. We're really excited. I'm doing seven shows the week of May 28th through June 1st at Hilarities in Cleveland, the hometown of my good buddy Jason Lawhead, the Cleveland native Jason Lawhead. Me, Lawhead, Bartnick, the all-in tour is coming to invade Cleveland from the 28th of May to June 1st, it is going to be awesome, we're going to be doing seven shows in those days, we're going to have a great time, I believe we're there from Wednesday to Saturday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, I don't know if there's a Sunday, but check check the exact amount of uh, shows that we're doing, but I know we're there from Wednesday to Saturday for sure, 
and uh, we're really looking forward to it, and uh, we're excited. Tickets are being sold, and the tour on the West Coast was unbelievable, and we think it's going to be even bigger and better um, on the East Coast. So if you're around, please pick up those tickets, and, um, and you know, we'll see you at a show. We're also going to be selling the um, all-in tour poster which are selling great, and they're just so cool and classy posters. They're actually awesome. We're all going to put them up like in a frame in our house. It's just so cool to be part of a tour with such a cool you know, poster and all that stuff. So you come out, buy those, hang out, take pictures. We're doing the whole deal. So that is coming on those dates. And you could go to uh, just go to Google and type in uh, Hilarity's Comedy Club. You could pick up the tickets on there and uh, just go to May. May uh, I'm sorry, did I say? Yeah, yeah, May 28th, 28th to June 1st. Uh, other than that, um, I have June dates. I'm also headlining on my own some uh, dates later on in the year. I'm going to be going to New Orleans. It looks like I'm going to be coming back to Indiana. All those dates are on the website, um, and more dates are coming on the website. Um, also, uh, I believe that I am going to be uh, shooting my album, uh, recording my album sometime in June, and it looks like it's going to be at Levity Live for two nights. I'll make that official announcement next week if I'm if that's where I'm doing it. Um, I also may be doing some taping in Cleveland to see if I could get the CD out of there as well. So it's either going to be Levity Live or Hilarities in Cleveland. It looks like that's going to happen. I'll make the official announcement next week when you guys when I know for sure and you guys could come out to that. That'll be a great time to come out. And um, thank you so much for the support of the Verzi Effect podcast. Keep sending those unacceptables to Twitter. We'll talk about them again uh, next week. And that's it. Go to my Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. If you're a new listener, thank you. Uh, Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. If you're a current listener, um, thank you guys so much. Thanks for the kind words and uh, great reviews on iTunes. Please send one to iTunes as well. And uh, that's it. This has been episode 158. I will get back to the podcast on time or like maybe Tuesday since Monday's really quick. Uh, instead of doing it Monday night, maybe I'll have it out on Tuesday night and then we'll get back on schedule that way. Okay, uh, this has been episode 158. Uh, until next time, I'll talk to you guys soon.